The Twins are home from the winter meetings, Dave Brown, and it's hard to be sure that they actually left. And I don't mean left the meetings. I mean left home in the first place. But we'll have a full wrap of the proceedings, which won't take long, and then what we think it means moving forward for the offseason. This is Locked on Twins. You are Locked on Twins. Your daily Minnesota Twins podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello again and welcome back to Locked On Twins. I'm your host, Brandon Warren, and you can unfollow me on Twitter at Brandon underscore W-A-R-N-E. And joining me, as always, our trusty friend, Dave Brown, at Answer Dave Brown. How are we on this fine evening? Brandon, we're doing great. The winter meetings are uh, reportedly over. Uh, did they even start? Not sure. Uh, but there's uh, they've done the Rule 5 draft sometimes. Other years they've done that on Thursday. But apparently uh, they rolled that back into the, the first three days and there's nothing left. There's nothing left to happen or talk about at the winter meetings. Anything else is going to be like just off-season stuff. So a little holiday's over. Yeah. So we'll talk about the proceedings. Even if it's, you know, no moves actually happening, we'll talk about maybe the vibe or feel that we've kind of gotten from that. All that fun stuff. But. First, thanks for making Locked On Twins your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts, and of course on YouTube and part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We appreciate our listeners very much, and thank you so much for the thumbs up, for the high fives, for all the virtual love that you give us, whether it's a five-star review, a thumbs up, a subscribe, any of those things, all of those things are great, and we appreciate them greatly. <clears throat> so, Dave... I not a lot going on at the winter meetings. Uh, there were some things, um, but more smoke than actual fire. Do you feel like it's being held up by the top? And that's to say Shohei, um, Yamamoto, and even now too, late breaking uh, chatter that a Juan Soto deal is expected to get done. Um, I don't know if we call it on the one-yard line yet or not, but uh, is all of this holding up and keeping us from seeing guys like Whit Merrifield sign contracts? <laughs> That's what we want to see, of course. We're, yeah. We don't we don't want to wait anymore for Whit to find a team. Um, he just uh, – I have to do a, a slight tangent for a second, a, a sidebar. He was quoted in the paper saying the other day he was really excited that guys like Chris Getz are being uh, named general manager now. We need to – there was too much uh, analytics. We've rolled hard one way. Now we're going to roll it back, and uh, Chris Getz is going to uh, fix baseball. It was like – am I listening to Jeff Fry? Or I was going to say, yeah, maybe, uh, maybe, um, maybe Jeff Fry can be his right-hand man. So maybe it was just everybody getting used to Chris Getz being general manager of the White Sox. That's what has hold, held up everything and the switch yeah. back to uh, caveman ball. I mean, I don't really think that Chris Getz necessarily thinks that way, but I just thought it was kind of funny of, of wit. Um, I, I, I didn't realize he was, you know, people didn't like him for analytical reasons. I thought, you know, he's like a multi-positional guy. He could run. 
Right. I know he didn't walk as much as maybe he, some people would like, but I didn't know that analytics were being unkind to Whit Merrifield. But um, your original question about, you know, is Shohei and Yamamoto, is that holding everything else up? I mean, maybe we kind of have an idea of what Shohei is going to get. Yeah. Um, maybe five or $600 million. <laughs> and uh, Yamamoto is maybe that's going up too. I, I don't know how many teams are actually in the market for those two guys. I don't think it, it's too many, but the question is, you know, are they, are we all waiting to, for the market to set? <clears throat> so the average rank and file guy can get paid. And I, I always, I, I think that's, it's, I can't answer definitively, but I would say the economics of the sport and the, the whims of the teams and the general managers. Yep. There's many more factors involved than just those players setting the market. You know, I said, you know, we kind of wondered about this earlier in the week, you know, is it maybe the, uh, the Bally thing and the whole cord cutting of the cable and the, the revenues from local rev, you know, from TV and that kind of thing. And um, so I think when you start to add all these things up, then maybe you get a, a, a reason, some, some good reasons why things are slow. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens here in the next couple of days. I, I, like I said before, I was a little surprised how slow it was, given that we had some activity before the winter meetings, signings and so forth, and Sonny Gray right. and other people. And um, I thought maybe there would be a little more action. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know if we if there's anything that can be done about that or if it will just work itself out. And I don't know if these guys are going to be like, are, are they going to be unsigned until March? You know, I don't it's probably not going to go like that. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, we'll see, I think, uh, there's just probably just a lot of factors going on as to why things are slow and it's not just one or two things. You talked about teams interested and I, I had a discussion with, uh, actually a friend of mine on Twitter who is a producer and, um, we're talking about the Soto trade and I, I just keep coming back to like the idea of it having the potential to be a colossal bag fumbling if the Yankees were to say, you know what, we want Juan Soto, but we're not willing to give up Michael King or Thorpe or somebody. When I think about, like, I look at the projected package coming back to the Padres, and I'm just like, is there really only one team interested? Like, I feel like there should be more teams in the mix here. And, you know, maybe it's a one-year rental salary, you know, last year of our drives down demand, but I don't know, man. To me, if they can't get, I just I don't know how this deal was being held up by the Yankees instead of the Padres. I guess is, is... it's it would seem. I I think I had a, the same thought. It was <laughs> something along the lines of, is what's holding up this deal really well? Will, will the Yankees give up Michael King, or is it that there aren't four or five other teams kind of willing to give up their Michael King, whoever that is, and is that you know how many? teams are really you know the Yankees and the Padres talking to for for this uh, kind of deal it's uh it doesn't seem like there are more teams and it's it's always funny and this isn't the first time we've seen a deal like this where you know the talent isn't necessarily even and there's other factors that kind of feed into what the value is of the player and the trade and you kind of wonder well I mean why can't they just figure it out it doesn't seem like it should be that hard I don't you know, uh, you know, you're not going to get, no matter what he's making, no matter how long his contract is, you're not going to get Juan, Juan Soto or someone like him for nothing. 
So uh, it's almost like uh, I, I feel like, you know, I've used the word collusion before, but there is sort of a hive mind among major league teams that if a player's uh, contract is short enough and the price is big enough, we are all going to kind of band together to make it seem like, uh, you know, that's not really that valuable. You know, right. Juan Soto isn't as valuable as uh, maybe he would have been in another generation had, um, you know, if he had a, a little more on his contract, either in terms of uh, time or less money or whatever. I think uh, it's like uh, baseball has decided that, uh, you know, <laughs> lots of money does not necessarily equal value. It's, it's to me, it, it smacks of, some kind of reverse psychology mind F that yep. uh, the teams are, um, you know, saying, Oh, big contracts aren't all there cracked up to be players. You shouldn't like ask for more money because that makes you less valuable. I almost think something like that's happening. I can't prove yep. it and, uh, and maybe not even really put it into words that well, but that's, that's kind of the, the feeling I get. Well, I blame Michael Lewis and Brad Pitt for that equally. Yeah. Um, so not you know, not my problem. Um, on a scale of one to Kevin bringing Chili into the office, how much of a disaster are the Padres? Because, um, you know, this is where I fall back on. Like, look at that Jake Cronenworth contract, and like, who decided that was a good idea? Like, he is owed twelve point, and then whatever digits are in pi, you know, like three point one four one five. He is owed like twelve ish million dollars for like the next 26 years. Uh, you almost think it was the Braves that gave him that contract. Um, <laughs> well, but that's just part of like, what the heck is going on? How can a team with Juan Soto, Xander Bogarts and Fernando Tatis Jr. Like they, they just seem to be coming a part of the seams and it makes no sense at all. Is it uh, poor craftsmanship? Is it like, it's like buying a nice baseball glove and the leather is beautiful, but the stitching is, um, zip ties or something or uh bread bread bag ties I, I don't understand what is going on in san diego you know i did like to defend them a little bit because uh people uh fans would come out and say things you'd see on twitter like such as uh well you know i don't want my team to spend money like the padres did or, or whatever and and then be failures forgetting that last year this 2022 now being last year not this yep. 23 season that they made the NLCS uh, or the Mets won a hundred games spending a billion dollars and it didn't work out for the Mets this year, but you know, they, these teams were world series contenders after it worked for the Rangers. Out. What's that? It worked for the Rangers. It did work for the Rangers. That's the other part of the argument. Um, but like things like the Jake Cronenworth, the, the Padres did get a little fast and loose. Hey, you know, let's give everybody a contract. You get a contract and you get a contract. And uh, uh, Peter Seidler was, uh, you know, hell bent or at least heck bent on getting uh, that team a World Series. And now he's no longer with us. And I just have a feeling that, um, you know, it's uh, it's going to be I don't know if the, the new ownership or who's ever left on the board is as um, enthusiastic about playing ball that way. And now we have, of course, the end of the road for Bally Sports. <laughs> the Padres going on their own there. Um, I, and I've always had kind of mixed uh, reactions to what AJ Preller has pulled off as a GM. I, I think uh, sometimes it's looked good and sometimes it has looked as you described them 
as just kind of, um, you know, maybe, uh, you know, a nice jacket and like no pants. So uh, um, I call that uh, Donald Duck in it. <laughs> exactly. Well, something that rhymes with that anyway. So, um, you know, to, along, I like to give long answers sometimes, I guess. And uh, I don't know exactly what's up with the Padres, but it just, it doesn't all fit together very well at this, at this time. <laughs> No, and it, it does go to show that there is an art to roster building and not necessarily just like because you want to save money or anything, just um, yeah. all your parts have to go together just right. Uh, speaking of that, let's take a pause. Let's talk about our friends at Jace Medical. When we come back, uh, I've got more AL Central pertinent news to discuss. I'm sure people listening to Locked on Twins probably want to hear that. But first, a message from Jace Medical. <clears throat> Now, I know we have come to this place to escape from the real world and all that. Uh, but for just a minute, I want to talk to you about preparing for real life. According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade. This is, this is pretty scary. I can't imagine a more helpless feeling than if my wife or children got sick and a supply chain issue kept them from the life-saving medication that they needed. So thankfully, we're going to be okay. We have a Jace case from Jace Medical. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infections, and others. This stuff can happen to any of us. Visit jacemedical.com, that's J-A-S-E, and complete your physician encounter, and it will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. And all you got to do is wait at home. It shows up and you're no worse for the wear. It's never been more important to be prepared than today. Go to jacemedical.com and use the offer code locked on to get 20 bucks off your first order. That's Jace Medical, J-A-S-E medical.com and use the offer code locked on at checkout. All right, so we are back, ready to go into the bullpen. Uh, Dave Brown, De Devin Smeltzer back with the Marlins. Not too exciting. A uh, couple other Is that a broadcaster or is that a player? Well, it's a player, but uh, we're, and then we're going to fly a little further away. Uh, Michael Tonkin to the Mets, a big NL East swap there. Um, split contract, $1 million. Uh, not a lot of former twins doing stuff now, which is okay. Um, again, pulling back to the central, looks as though the White Sox less apt to move Dylan Cease right now. Um, I don't know if this is anything more than just a blatantly obvious uh, choreographing of, all right, well, we'll make sure that uh, Eduardo Rodriguez signs first. Um uh, Oh, yeah, that Yamamoto guy can sign to and whoever else. I think they're going to wait and see who's left with their hands empty when free agency thins out a bit. They really don't need Dylan Cease to burn a hole in their pocket, um, and that'd be rude if he did. Uh, you ever do that with like a, a – a, what do they call it? Uh, a bunch of glass. No, What's I don't that? No, 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 the magnifying glass where you burn ants. I, I may be showing my age here. That's, um, that sounds very anyway, – What's that? That sounds very mean. I wouldn't do yeah. that to you, man. They well, didn't do anything to you. Anyway, uh, Dylan Cease, um, meanwhile, back at the ranch. Uh, Dylan Cease, 
I think still going to move, but uh, looks like the White Sox are going to wait it out for a little bit. Do you think that that's the right move? I think I disagree with you. I think uh, I, I come out on the other I come out on the what happened today, the news like, yeah, well, maybe we're not going to trade him after all. I think they were not doing that due diligence thing, but I think they really were trying to see how much they were going to get. Yeah. And they didn't like what the returns were very much, or they had second thoughts, one of the two. And now they've pulled him back. I don't think that they're necessarily going to trade him. I think uh, the, the package would have to be too good. They would be selling a little bit low yep. based on just his results from last year. Kind of like Giolito this last deadline. Yeah. I think he's, his stuff uh, sort of appears more <laughs> – I would bet on Cease having a better year than Giolito at this point. But, yeah, oh, it's sure. kind of like yeah. that. It's kind of like that, that they would be selling a little bit low. And um, so I, I've never quite been either on board that they were going to trade him or that it was the right thing to do. I'm not sure that it's the right thing to do. Now, this is a new GM for the White Sox. This is Chris Getz, who, uh, you know, is not Kenny Williams or Rick Hahn, but – you know, work for them in the minor league system and player development and all that. Mm -hmm. So uh, it could be different philosophy, you know, uh, maybe he'll be better at trading. I did. I like the, at least the idea of what was coming back from the Aaron Bummer trade, you know, something like that. They got a lot mm -hmm. of interesting parts, albeit it seemed like maybe some of them were going to be DFA'd, but um, I don't mind that deal so much. And no. certainly I don't mind the idea of it. I wouldn't necessarily remind mind a reworking of the roster with parts from a Dylan Cease trade, but I don't think you necessarily have to do it now. So I, I think it's good that Chris Getz is, is not liking a hundred percent what he sees and he's, he's holding back. I think there's going to be no wrong time to possibly move him this off season, either just for the sheer fact that, with the financial situation that so many of these teams are dealing with, it certainly might be a little more appealing to get a guy who, I mean, he'll be paid decently well, but certainly not, you know, he's going to make fifth starter money the next two years combined or fifth starter on the free market. Or, you know what I mean? Like he's, he's yeah, not yeah. make, uh, you know, you're not going to go out and give him 25 million per year um, for multiple kind years. Of yeah. The mirror of the Juan Soto situation where, you know, if the guy doesn't make a lot of money, he's tons more valuable than the guy who does. You know, it's they, they put a premium on not having a salary, kind of. Sort yeah, of. which doesn't – I mean, it, it does and it doesn't make sense. I guess for us to, like um, – you know, it's hard for us to put ourselves in that position because it's not our money, even though we've kind of been conditioned that uh, if two teams have the same record, the one that spent less is the better team, which, again – no idea how we uh, we came to that conclusion. Now, Brandon, uh, we were talking earlier about Soto, and it, he sort of came back again in this cease comparison. But John Heyman on Twitter says in the last five minutes or so that the Soto deal is complete. It is happening. Okay. So Let's... just to put that in the context of the people who are listening, as we understand it, if John Heyman is correct, then Juan Soto is on the way to the Yankees with Trent Grisham. Okay. So, uh, also to uh, clarification, the Reds are not a finalist for Eduardo Rodriguez. So, it's the Diamondbacks and then the vaunted mystery team. So, maybe it is the Twins. Um, don't know if that is the case. But uh, 
Eduardo Rodriguez would be a great signing for the Twins and would make a lot of sense. Do you agree? Yeah, I think it would be interesting. Um, there's, you know, there's certainly questions about, uh, I mean, I don't know if you, you call it his health. Like, it's he's had issues with his arm, but he's also had issues with his heart. And, like, those two things are very close together on your body, but they do a yeah. lot of different things for you. So, um, yeah, he doesn't have as many miles on his arm as you might expect, but the reasons why also matter. So I think, you know, when you, when we strip it down to would this pitcher make the twins better? Yes. Will he sign a contract that is within the realm of what the twins are ever going to actually do? Yes. But there's some risk just like any other pitcher. For sure. And um, he seems like a, a thoughtful person. He just, and I get that from not only did he, you know, block a trade because it wasn't the right thing for his family, but that's kind of another factor. You know, uh, I think you've got a guy who was you know, thinking about his, his own past with his, uh, with that heart ailment and his family and um, factoring those things in. Maybe he is not a guy who is necessarily going to go for only the, the top dollar, but uh, whatever kind of situation overall benefits his family. So I don't know if that helps the twins or not. I can't, I, I couldn't, I couldn't hurt, but it's, it would seem to me to be a good place to play, especially when you've got, you know, you've logged time in Detroit and, you know, it's a Midwest-ish kind of a, you know, a scene. So yep. maybe that will help them, but I kind of, in what you were saying, I kind of got the feeling you don't think the twins are going to spend a hundred and whatever million it's going to take to get him. I'm skeptical. I mean, if it was going to be four years and 80 something million, right. which uh, I mean, I don't know if that's fair or not. Um, he opted out of a lot less. So I don't know. Uh, I just, I, yeah, I, we have not seen it. Oh, Jeff Passan now just saying trade is finalized. Um, okay. So Soto is a done, deal. Yep. done deal. Uh Speaking of deal, though, uh, what's your sense on Eloy Jimenez? Because I'm curious, you know, we're, we're starting to get a feel for how the rest of the division is going to look. Um, obviously, it's a very preliminary feel, but, you know, you get to start a feel for, uh, get a feel for, you know, the Twins are going to see Eric Fetty. They're going to see, you know, um, again, and they're not, they're, they're not having meetings right now preparing for Eric Fetty. I'm just saying, though, in it, oh, there you go. Well, they better. It's a sweeper. He's got a sweeper. Eduardo Rodriguez has signed with the Arizona Diamondbacks on a four-year contract for around $20 million a year pending physical. $20 million, Wait, four, 20, 80, four for 80. Hmm. I think that's what I just said. That's what you just said. Hmm. Wonder if we'll ever find out who that other finalist was. Uh, four for 80-something, I think the Twins could have done that. But the, other finalist, the other finalist was Shohei Otani. <laughs> he was going to pay him to be his personal pitcher, but then it got out. And Shohei pulled the rug and said, I'm not paying it now. Oh, He's Buster. Secrets. Beside himself over this news. Um, is, yeah, so uh, back to Eloy, though. Uh, or I don't All know. Right. Did I ever even stop, start talking about him? Uh, you get the sense he's still got a foot out the door? Or now are they going to be like, hey, maybe let's just uh, let's just pump the brakes. Let's, you know, the band isn't very good, but we can keep them together again. Um, plenty of bad bands stay together for a very long time. Um, 
you know, and then, hey, maybe he pops 25 homers by July and you flip him and say, hey, this could be your Marcelo Zuna minus the problematic stuff off the field. Um, he seems like a uh, a really good teammate and a nice guy. Yeah. My limited, uh, you know, talking to him and, and the other players and um, a good person to have around the clubhouse. Uh, you know, maybe not a, uh, a Jose Abreu kind of like stern leader and that Nelson kind of you know, tra- more traditional, but still a good guy to have around. And you mentioned like one foot out the door. That's sort of how he plays defense in the outfield. He's got one foot pointed the wrong direction entirely, and then he'll end up in a net. So um, it, it's he's kind of dangerous in the field. Um, he's actually, I, I don't, I you know, I didn't check, but he wasn't as bad in right field as I thought he would be. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't have a great arm, but he, he's not really good in the outfield anywhere. So, and you certainly, I mean, you couldn't, you could not put him in center in a million years, but uh, you could put him at the corners if you just don't really care about defense. Uh, the thing is, you know, can we get him to play 145 games and then hit 40 home runs? Where, you know, it, it turns out he's not as as good as Luis Robert. Yeah. Um, but you know, can you get him out there in the lineup to, to do that enough? Uh, you know, he's due for some luck in his health. So, and he finished last year fairly healthy. So. I think it's still possible. I think that's more the guy, the kind of guy you trade. You know, you keep Robert. He's got extra dimensions that Eloy doesn't really have. Um, and I think, you, you know, you, you you keep Dylan Cease until it's – it's there's not really a bad time, like you said, to trade him. Yeah. Robert, you can move. I mean, he's still – he's not – his dimensions aren't – He's you know, he'll get on base a little bit, hit for a ton of power, but you have to wonder how long you're going to have him for. And uh, given whatever Jerry Reinsdorf's time cycle is here with Getz, I don't know if the White Sox are going to be a competitive team with with Eloy on them in a few years. So, I, you know, I think, yeah, I think he's probably going to be traded. Okay. Yeah. Um, that that all makes sense to me. Uh, your guy Juan Yepes, by the way, signed a minor league deal with the Nationals. I don't know if you saw that. Um that makes a lot of sense. I think yeah. that's the guy. I like him. I think that's uh, the Nationals did really good uh, getting Candelario back and last just year. The same and, exact thing. They were. Yes. I think they were trying to do the same thing with Candelario on one side and Dominic Smith on the other. Right. And one worked and one didn't, and that's about all you could ask for. Now they're right. going to try it again with Yepes or Yepes. Yes, for sure. And I don't know how many. He's still a few years away from free agency, so they could milk yeah. that for a while as well. I don't know if he's at the same. Uh, yeah, I that that was a weird non-tender by the Cardinals. The Cardinals have made a lot of weird moves. I don't, I don't know. I for a team yeah. that needed offense, are you sure you want to get Ritter Juan Yepes for nothing? I don't know, but uh, I like that move for the for uh, Washington. I think that would have been a guy you could get. You could have got at the on the Twins to play first base. Yep. Uh, in your non-Kirilov times, you know, you wanted a right-handed stick, uh, but we'll we'll see. Let's talk about a right-handed stick in center field, and then we'll bounce. Um, Trent Grisham reportedly in the deal. Do you get the sense that the Yankees will keep him? It would make sense from a depth standpoint to go, you know, Verdugo, Judge, Soto, have Grisham as kind of a fill-in guy. Everyone always gets hurt. You don't know if Stanton's going to stay healthy. Well, you do know he's not going to stay healthy. Um, Yes. But, but. Could you see the twins saying, listen, 
Grisham, he can play center for us. He's a good defensive center fielder. Uh, little too much Joey Gallo in the batting average department, but he he does have some underlying skills that have shown up. He's I think he's heading into his age twenty seven season. Um, if you were to either flip something for him or sign Harrison Bader, like which one of those two do you think is a better fit for the Twins? Assuming uh, Bader gets, you know, let's say a one one year deal and an option, or at at most two years. That wasn't a was he is he a free agent or was that a DFA? Bader, a, a six year yeah uh, six year free agent. Yeah, oh, he was okay. Um, it's somebody I that I hadn't thought about for the Twins before, but would make sense. A right handed bat can go get it in the outfield. I know you asked me about Grisham at first, but I'm intrigued by Bader now all of a sudden. But here's well, the thing about the Yankees. And I can Grisham. see Tyler O'Neill too, but he's he doesn't fit defensively. Right. Um, true. Yeah. Left field. Bader fits defensively very well. Bader, you can put him in center field. Grisham, you can put him in center field. Grisham sometimes takes like four months to get going at the plate. You know, he'll yep. start out hitting 128 for 300 at-bats. That's not great. Um, but here's the thing about Grisham. Uh, if he's, if he, I believe he is part of this trade with Soto. That's the guy be. they can put in center. I mean, you can't, they, they talked about Aaron uh, Judge going back to center field, which you, you can't, with I mean, you could, but yeah. coming off toe injury, uh, 32 years old. Yeah. That is, you're, you're asking a lot. You're asking for trouble. Uh, Grisham makes sense as somebody who can play center field for the Yankees and they don't have to worry about Judge overextending himself. They can't. Or Verdugo, you know, for that matter. Uh, yeah. I mean, you could put him in center, but. You don't want to. His, his left field, he played the green monster well, and he's not as good a center fielder as he is a left fielder. Grisham can play center field. So, yeah. but still. Grisham, does he make – the Yankees still, to me, have, like, lots of left-handed guys. They've they've added, like, three – this would be now three with Soto and Grisham and Verdugo, like three left-handed sticks. So they're, they're good there. They, they've got plenty of left-handers. Um, but, yes, Grisham would make sense for the Twins. He You mentioned <laughs> him being a little Gallo-like. That is true. But if you want a guy that can go get the ball in center – and mm-hmm. have a backup for, for Byron. I've read some good things very vaguely about how Byron is doing. Uh, Buck seems like he's back, you know, physically better than the last couple of years. That's exactly what the Twins need, but they, they certainly need some backup in that situation just in case. Yeah. Parting shot here, Heyman saying earlier today that there is potential with the Marlins, too, to move some pitching. So we'll keep an eye on that because we've been talking about Marlins pitchers, whether it's Edward Cabrera or, Cabrera. or um, Jesus Lazardo, or was it Trevor? Rogers. Yeah. You, you wanted to have another Rogers and another Trevor because um, what would be more confusing than, than that? So uh, well, there's no team in the majors that has a, a Trevor Tyler uh, history than the twins. They're, they're very strong in those names. They're very good with Rogers's. Uh, it would be great to to see just from that silly standpoint. Oh my goodness, Bob Nightingale, I love Bob, but he just tweeted that the Diamondbacks are signing Eduardo Rodriguez to join a rotation with Zach Gallen and Merrill Guriel. 
We got to see this. Meryl Guriel. All right. Meryl well, Guriel. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, it's, uh, it's. I don't know how you get there. Meryl Kelly, Meryl Guriel. Maybe he was talking. Maybe you can get. Can you get Kel, Meryl Kelly, Guriel? Uh, maybe. Marcus Guriel is going back to the Diamondbacks to pitch. I think that's the scoop here. Right. Okay. Well, Dave, thanks so much for hanging out. Uh, we'll have some fun stuff here coming up. Hopefully some signings. I know the Twins have a few open roster spots. Did not use one in the Rule 5 draft. Did not gain or lose anybody, so that's a good thing. Um, okay. Yeah. Well, hey, Dave, we'll talk tomorrow. How does that sound? That sounds great, Brandon. Let's and thanks to everyone listening for Dave Brown. This is Brandon Warren signing off saying thanks for listening to Locked On Twins, and we'll see you tomorrow night.